from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's the winner. That's the winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Smith parks one in the right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run. And the Cardinals have won the game by the score of three to two. And a home run by the Wizard. Swinging a long one in the left field. Adios, goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. A three-run homer by Clark, and the Cardinals lead by the score of seven to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team! What a ride! The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to That's a Winner podcast. As always, I am Ryan Jenkins, and with me, as always, is Josh Brown. Josh, you know, we could open up and talk about what happened in uh, against the Orioles. We could talk about what happened against the Mets, or we could take a drink, pop it open, cheers, and say Nolan Gorman is finally coming to the majors. Our two best prospects, Libertor. Two and what? three. Well, yeah, I guess, but, yeah. We don't, we don't want to cut Jordan Walker short. No, obviously he's, he's tearing it he's up. He's only in nineteen, a. but he's still a little while away. Though. Our two, our top two, they could actually be called it right now. So yeah, we're drinking high noons. Watermelon is weird. Yeah, it is prepared. a little. I wasn't weird. prepared for that. It's the only thing. two flavors I had left. Um, yeah, we're drinking these to celebrate those call ups and a reason to watch this weekend, and you know, just drown our misery of the last seven games. Yeah. So let's just not even talk about the rest. <laughs> let's not talk about what happened, and let's talk about what's going to happen. Right. So yes. Nolan Gorman is finally coming up. And I gave you props via our Twitter page of That's, That's a Winner right. Pod that you've been talking about this since November, right? You've been literally saying this is what should happen. This is what's going to happen if Paul DeYoung doesn't ha- doesn't come through like he hasn't already, right? That Tommy Edmonds going to move to short and Nolan Gorman's going to be the second baseman. And I would like to post that everywhere for all the idiots that said you were wrong. And I'd like to post it for everyone saying all these different things. So here's your moment. Gloat. If you'd like, have anything to say about I told you so. Love right. your face. I told you so. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, even when we were talking about this last, you know, in November, right? I think around that time we had signed Matt's. There was a little word that we might be in on story, but the, you know, there just wasn't much going around. And yeah, I mean, I've been saying it since then. If if the plan was not to go sign one of those three big shortstop this offseason, then the only the, I mean, this is the only backup plan. If DeYoung young crashed and burned again, which he has, I mean, he just has, he's done nothing in triple A since he's gotten sent back down, by the way. Yeah. He's, three he's, hits. I think he's, yeah, got, he got one tonight. I don't know. Um, so if, if he's had any more since the first at bat of the game today, yeah, but so if figuring out for him is the plan with that, it's, it's not looking good. Um, so at this point, I mean, yeah, that we've talked about this. this is the only backup plan. Yeah. We had guys on, you know, some Cardinals Facebook groups, which we all know, all of us on Twitter, Cardinals Twitter, know how toxic some of the Facebook groups can be. They're a little wild. But, yeah, I mean, we had people saying, that's never going to happen. You're never going to move a gold glove second baseman to shortstop. Well, when you have a, as inconsistent of an offense as we have and is struggling, when, when Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, mainly Paul Goldschmidt the last week and a half, are literally the only ones doing anything, to carry the offense, and that's no knock on Tommy. Tommy's still been great. He's been getting on base. His on-base percentage is over 370. I have no complaints with him at the top of the lineup, but he's not in a position to drive and run, right? And that's where we're struggling right now. We need – he's been hitting the ball. Um, 
but it's just inconsistent, man. And we've seen it, you know, you we'll score 15 runs and then score three or four or five total the next two games. And we just, we're, we're 500 team. We're, I mean, they're over 500, but we're a 500 team at this point in this season. I mean, this honestly, it feels reminiscent of how we started last season. Now let's hope to God this June is not the same, uh, the same June that we had last year, or we're in real big trouble if we dig ourselves in that kind of hole again. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I thought about that um, today. Sorry, the, my uh, computer is having issues here. Uh, Just trying to talk to you. Yeah, making sure we're still alive here. Going, but okay. So you still see us on streaming there. Okay. So, um, so my first thought about that today was, um, I, I lost my train of thought because of the computer messing up here, but. Yeah, the June, the start seem seeming similar to last season. Yeah, obviously hope, hoping we're not going to be going into June like we did last. Right, June. and and struggle going the opposite direction. And yeah. to Mo or the Dewitts or Ollie now maybe saying, "Hey, we got to do something." Maybe there's a different dynamic there. I'm not sure. They actually made moves, and I was shocked that they sent down DeYoung. I said that they should. And I said there was options available, and I was shocked that they did it. And then that early. I yes. mean, it, it, for us, it didn't feel like early because it's been a, over a month now. But in the Cardinals' terms, fairly early for him, especially how Mo talked him up this offseason. He's our guy. You know, we're, it, shortstop's his. Right. Like, and so I was shocked that they did that. And then today, you know, we've been asking for Nolan Gorman for a while. So, like, that wasn't so shocking, I guess, because we thought it was it needed to be happening. But for Libertor to come up, that to me was like, whoa. You surprise. Know, that was the biggest surprise, I think. Yeah, because Oviedo has pitched well recently. Um, if you've been tracking him at all. I mean, and he's been yeah. he's been doing well. And so I was I was pretty shocked that that it happened. When um, Oviedo has the major league experience right, already. And he's he, with twenty something starts already or something like right, that. Right. And he just had some bad luck and I think he pitched well at a lot of games. But you know, it was really shocking that it that it happened. And my thought I had a this conspiracy theory thought of it. Were they waiting until they could get Libertor up at the same time and have that feel-good moment and add that to this event? I don't know. I mean, you know, is that thinking too much into it? Maybe so. I mean, I think more of just it's just kind of how it fell into place. Which what are the odds, right? And we'll talk about this in a minute. You know, Matthew Libertor, Nolan Gorman, best friends since they were five years old, started playing ball together, played on Team USA together. They've been friends for forever. So I'm sure it's an, an amazing moment for them. And you know that they're having a drink tonight and, and celebrating and excited about it. Should it. be traveling, right? Should be <laughs> traveling. Sorry. Maybe after they're traveling, they're not going to sleep tonight. Yeah. You know that. They're going to be excited. But yeah, I think I think it's just how it fell together because it sounds like the only reason we need a starter for tomorrow is because of the double header this week. And so how how some doubt, you know, like Wainwright can't pitch again tomorrow or Michaelis can't pitch again tomorrow because they both pitched on the same day. Right. And so that, that makes, I mean, that makes total sense. So I'm wondering if Libertor is more of a, let's see what he can do. Cause, cause we just talked about this. I, I think there would have to be a corresponding move for Libertor to stay up right, right at this point. So, so tomorrow or sorry, Saturday for him is probably going to be, let's see what he can now. If he looks fantastic, I mean, why not? Why not give him another start? But then, but then, are you talking about going to six man rotation, or are you putting Jordan Hicks back, Hicks back in the bullpen? Which, which I don't is think fine. Gonna, which, which is fine, fine. But but I I don't think they're going to do that. Having just finally gotten him built up, they just said like he's not on a pitch limit anymore. Right. Now he didn't look great the other day, but his stuff is so good that he didn't look awful. And he had two two walks and he hit two batters. You don't want to see that through too many pitches. You couldn't get through five. But 
I I don't think they're going to move Hicks out of the rotation. So, I mean, unless Libertor goes out there and throws, you know, seven, eight scoreless, something crazy. You think it's and, just a he's here and then he's going to get sent back? I think so. So doesn't that make it sense that maybe it is a feel-good moment only? Maybe so, yeah. You know, I mean, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about them just a little bit, them together, like you said. Um, I'll put this picture up that I uh, that I found. Oh, it's only it's covering part of our faces. Maybe I can put it up wholly. I don't know. Maybe not. Either way, you can kind of see my face and then theirs. But that's Nolan Gorman and um, Matthew Libator. Uh, they've been friends since they were five years old. Long time. Sleepovers. I was reading the story on MLB. Um, sleepovers. Close friendships of the two top draft draft picks. And this was in 2020. This this story that's on MLB dot uh, com. And they um, Team USA, like you said, they spent Christmases together. They've done all these things. So now you know they were drafted separately. Obviously, we got Libertor in a, in a trade, but. Then now they're on the same organization, been playing on the same AAA team, and they get called up at the same time. I mean, what are the odds? That's like pretty awesome, right? I mean, oh, yeah. they live down the street from each other. The story talks about on draft day that they were just down the street from each other, having their own separate parties, and you know how exciting. So I mean, it's really awesome. I mean, I can't even imagine it. Really, if you think about you know your best friend growing up, and then you guys oh, yeah. both get into the majors the same weekend, like it's it's happened to wind up on the same team. Because they weren't drafted on the same team, right? Right. Took, took that trade to get Libertor here. Yeah. So, yeah, the Stars just, you know, fell right in line for that to happen. So, good for them, man. I'm sure they're going to be excited. I'm sure they'll have tons of family in Pittsburgh this weekend, you know. Yeah. I mean, the prospect, especially top prospect call-ups, I mean, any major league debut is fun to watch. It's always exciting to watch, right? Like Juan Yepes telling his mom on Mother's Day, I don't know if you saw that, mm-hmm. against the Giants. They were able to come. He told him, I'm going to try to do something special for you at home run. He hits a home run on Mother's Day. Like, stuff like that. Like, how can you not be romantic about baseball, right? It's awesome. I love it. And so I think there, there's a little bit more, maybe, and I hope it's not on him, but in my mind, I think the, the expectations, there's a little bit more pressure on oh, yeah. Gorman coming up than Yepes. Yepes was like, all right, we need a bat. You know, there's DH, this Gorman guy down in Memphis, but let's get Yepes yeah, up let's instead. Get Yepes up. Yeah. DH hasn't been too great. Albert's not good against righties, and Yepes has come up and done great, but he didn't really have much pressure on him. Right. Same with Donovan. Yeah. Well, so that's the other thing. We'll talk about this too. You talk about corresponding moves. They better not send Brandon Donovan back down. I don't know how you send him down right now. No, I mean, the guy's played great. He's played great. He's Once given on, the opportunity because he didn't yes. get a lot of at bats early and then you started know, getting consistent at bats. And, and look, he, I knocked him early on, but the guy. I mean, he he gets on. He finds ways to get on. He gets he gets on base. He puts the ball in play. He did it today. He was all involved today in the run scored. You know, to I mean, he made a bad play on trying to tag up. You know, when, when Tommy scored later in the game, but but he I mean, he's always you know he's just making plays, he's making making things happen. He's hitting the ball. Um, he he looked fine at shortstop, which I knocked him on that because right. he's never really played there, but he made all the plays to him. And it sounds like he can play anywhere. I mean, he, he can, can play anywhere, and he can even try the outfield out, and he's done it before. Well, and then we can talk about lineup predictions for this weekend, but, you know, again, I don't know how you send Donovan down. And so my thinking is I saw him play several games, several corner or outfield spots in spring training. So he actually has more experience in corner outfield than he does at shortstop. And so Yepes, you saw today, a couple balls hit over his head. He played them fine, but he's not he's not out there for his defense. And so in my mind, why not put Brendan Donovan in left field with Tyler O'Neill now on the IL, Phantom IL yeah. stint for yeah. O'Neill, his his uh, shoulder. Infra- what did they say? Shoulder yeah. inflammation? Yeah. Something. Some, Something popped shoulder. up. His ego got hurt. His shoulder his, got his hurt at the same time playing. somehow. Yeah. Shout out to Kyle Reese, by the way. He called, he called this Phantom IL stint coming, if you follow him on Twitter, and 
and he he made a good point. They did this last year with Tyler O'Neill early on. He had he had an IL stint in twenty twenty one. He came back and he and that's when he got together. So, but his they, numbers weren't as bad early. Not quite as yeah, not quite no, no, for sure not like he has been now. So maybe he takes you know ten days whatever that stint is and just gets in the cage and and hopefully he he figures it out because their Cardinals are going to need him. But at, while he's out, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking why not put Brendan Donovan out in left field. Because he's the the better defender over Hilmer Yepes for sure. I don't think you would anybody would argue that. That keeps his bat in the lineup. Let Yepes DH, and then you've got Gorman at second. And it, because I know this nostalgia was great a couple nights ago with Albert. He got a couple hits off Scherzer stole a base. That was it was fun to watch. Yes. He had some good at bats. Um, he's not the everyday every everyday no. and DH. If, and if you take out that game against Scherzer, I mean, he's he's still not really done anything against righties. Yeah, he, before that game, I think he was 080, you know, against yeah, righties. It was but bad. he was two for, actually, I do think it was two for 22 uh, against righties this season. And then he was two for two that game at yeah. that point. I don't know where it ended up. But one of the things I thought about, sadly enough, uh, talking about Facebook groups and all the chatter of people out there, whenever Matthew Libator came up, is that, oh God, here's another guy, they're going to spell his name wrong. <laughs> because everyone, yeah, everyone spells liberator. Everyone spells Paul DeYoung wrong. O'Neill uh, with one L. Uh, O'Neill with one you L. You were doing that. Admittingly, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't even notice. But that's less egregious, I think. Whenever, right. Uh, Paul Gold. I mean, there's everyone. They just these people online. They just make up spelling. Mike so, Schilt. <laughs> uh, there's so many. But uh, Edmund and Edmonds, like they like yeah. to put Jim Edmonds, and they do Tommy Edmund. But so um, liberator. It's on the screen. But L I B E R A. T O R E. Okay, it's on the screen. Everyone, write it down. Remember it. Or like me, I'm just gonna say Libby from now on. Yeah. I'm, it's, I'm just gonna. That'd be the easiest. Yeah, and text it, and you know, on Twitter and everything, it's gonna be gonna be Libby. I think that's the only way to go about it because I've had to look at it three times to make sure I spelled it correctly to be able to put it on the screen and and then tweet it out in different places. So, um, so Matthew Libator is up. You know, I don't think I think that's a, a cool move. I don't think like you said it's gonna be a long term thing. Hopefully, it is. But now Nolan Gorman is. According to Ali Marmol, I don't know if you want to read what Ali said today uh, at all, but he said he's going to be the second baseman starting tomorrow. Yeah, he's here to play, and that's confirmed. Derek Gould, several Katie Wu, they've all confirmed. I mean, Ali said it after the game today. He, he, I mean, Ali announced that they're coming up, and yeah, I mean, the quote from this is Bill Ladson who was filling in today for John Denton, I believe, at MLB.com. But the full quote from Ali was, "We'll use Gorman at second base. He will be in the lineup. He's here to play." So he's going to get here and show what he's able to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what you want to hear, right? And, they, and Ollie said that several weeks ago. Like, hey, I know people are talking about this. Like, but And Edmund, Edmund has been taking balls at short. Yeah. He started taking ground balls at shortstop the day DeYoung was sent down. Yes. So, so I think we saw this coming. I think that's why some of us were a little enraged when they started Donovan yeah, at shortstop. Yeah, like, wait a second. Yeah. A guy who had never played shortstop. But they right. were saying, well, you know, Gorman might hurt us defensively second when he's been playing there for a year and a half in the minors. But um, I wanted to share a couple couple tweets from Kyle Reese that came out. You know, Kyle Reese is kind of our, you know, all things prospects. We've had him on the podcast, friend of the podcast um, with Birds on the Black. He's great. He tweeted about, right after the news today a couple tweets about Gorman and Liberatore. He said, with Gorman, now a reminder, Gorman is going to strike out a lot. It's just going to happen. There's also a track record of about a week of struggle at a new level before he really puts it together. Anyway, like I was saying, for, for a reason – Try not to be angry and angsty. That's that's how Kyle likes to. So yeah, let's tweets. let's think about that for a second, right? So he is going to struggle. Yes. Now he's going to strike out a lot. No, and so there might be a week of struggle. People which there usually said, is. But people guys. said, you know, well, 
Yepes didn't come in and struggle. So yeah, he didn't. So there's, I think there's two ways that this can go is that he will either come in and do well, hot initially, and then he will then obviously level out at some point of whatever that is. They usually do. Right. You know who else came up and didn't struggle? Paul Dion. (laughs) Right. In 2019. That's how he got, he just kept on going. I mean, and then they figured him out. So there's usually one of two ways that goes. Yes. So if he, if he does have problems right away, he's going to strike out a lot. He's, He's not going to have the the contact that Brendan Donovan has had. He's not going to have the contact that Yepes has had because he strikes out at a lot higher clip. But he also has 15 home runs, which I think is second among all um, all, all, all of, professional all levels of yeah, MLB, all yeah. professional levels of, in in Major League Baseball. That he has second, and the first guy is Moises Gomez for Moises the Cardinals. Gomez, yeah, he's so, at 17 or 18 now. Yeah, which is unbelievable if you think about it. So oh, yeah. those two guys have been raking. So Gomez, by the way, he's got to be up to triple A soon, I would think, right? He's would, in double A right now. I don't know what position he plays. I don't, I don't he's know. Outfield. Okay, so you, all three. I was thinking box. if he was a if he's an infielder, he might see a, the move easier with Gorman going up. Yeah, but. Gorman, by the way, you know the strikeout percentage for him early on in the season was over forty percent. It's down to thirty four percent now. Still high. I mean, it's still you don't want it over thirty, but but if he's hitting a home run every seven, eight, nine at bats, I mean, you'll you can, take it. You can, yeah, absolutely, you take it. And I will say, you know, today he just had his uh, second or third day in a row with three hits. All three were singles last night. So he's starting to hit more than just home runs, starting to, you know, find his batting average a little bit. I mean, the guy's hitting over 270, you know. So, again, strikeouts are going to be there with him. He's more of a power guy. He hits all fields. Uh, Juan Yepes was quoted in the in that same story um, that Ollie was saying. You know, he's he's a power hitter. He's an exciting player. He can hit the ball hard to all parts of the field. So that's what you're going to want to see from him. That's what we need this weekend. Where do you think he's going to bat? Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about that. I mean, do you just go in and put him like fifth? I mean, do you just jump in there? Who's pitching tomorrow uh, uh, for Pittsburgh? Lefty, righty? I, I assume know? it's a righty. Sorry, I bumped, hit a button on my elbow. Get the there. intro back yeah. in here. <laughs> Um, I assume it's a righty for the Giants if they're saying that he's going to start. Pirates, but, but or sorry for the Pirates. Yeah, we're at Pittsburgh this weekend. I'm trying to pull that up here. E, it looks like, looks like it is a righty. Yes, Thompson. Not sure who that is. Five four seven ERA, but he's a right-handed pitcher for the Pirates. Um, yeah, you know, I I, I sent you a, a lineup I thought would be. I mean, I I say why not throw him in at second. And, and the reason I say that is the same kind of same kind of thought with what O'Neill did last year, right? Batting now O'Neill was third, so he was batting after Goldschmidt ahead of Arenado. But man, I kind of you know Paul Goldschmidt has batted third the last couple of days, and the guy's just an RBI machine right now. So I don't think I would touch him. I think I would leave Paul Goldschmidt third. Why not try Gorman second? You know, Tommy maybe gets ahead of him, gives him a chance to knock some runs in, and he's going to get some pitches to see with one of the hottest hitters in baseball behind him and Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do that because Donovan's batted second last couple games and he's looked great there. He's gotten on. So I, I love the idea of Donovan batting second too, because then you've got Tommy and Donovan, both high OBP guys. Carlson's now hitting as well. He is. He is. His average is over two thirty, which tells you how, how terrible the start he had, but he's batting well over 300 this month. Right. You know, tons of extra base hits. He's starting to get it together for sure. So I think that you, you know, I guess there's two two things to think about, right? Is do you set him up for success in how many different ways? Do you right. set him up for success in having good hitters behind him? 
or do you set him up for success and not give too much pressure on him? Right, which and, is probably fifth or sixth. And probably put him down there. So, you know, you're going to go, Tommy, and then do you stay with the Goldie, Nolan, Yepes run that they've been on? Because what Ali has said that he wants is the guys that are hot to be bunched together and get those right. hits together. So that would be Ed- Edmund, Goldie, Nolan, Yepes, fourth. So then your fifth spot, maybe it's Nolan, is maybe Gorman. Nolan Gorman. Yeah, right. So, no, but today and maybe even yesterday too, Donovan batted second. Right. But and and, and again, I don't hate the that lineups too. have been weird the last couple of days. Yeah. But maybe that's because you know they aren't hitting. Well, and Tommy <laughs> Tommy was out one game because yes. he got hit in the ankle. So I think Donovan, Donovan led off that game. So, but I didn't. I mean, I don't hate the idea of Tommy and of Edmund and Donovan one and two because they're getting on base. And so who's next after them? Goldschmidt. Well, he's the one knocking in all the runs right now. So I don't right. hate that either. I mean, no knock on Brandon Donovan. He's been fantastic. So realistically, I probably expect Gorman to be in their fifth or sixth, either Yepes or Gorman fifth or sixth. One of the two, you know, one of those, one of those ways is what I expect in the lineup tomorrow. If they want to be real aggressive, give him an opportunity to see some really good pitches to hit. I think they put him second. Well, what does he bat in the minors? Is it, is it clean up? I mean, I is would it, assume, right? Yeah. I mean, with as it, much power as but, he has, you know, but where was Yepes batting in Memphis as well? You yeah, know, they, they were both probably three or four, some, some mix of that together. Right. And so, because you got to think of the strikeout percentage as well, right? because that's going to come into play because what the guys ahead of him that we're talking about, those first four that we've talked about, those guys don't strike out a lot. You know, the Cardinals are like, I, I can't remember the, it was like, third to last or third best i guess typically we don't strike out well not yeah. this year we have yeah this year it's like third best in the majors of not striking out which is awesome which is the type of baseball i like to see and so then gorman's kind of the opposite of what what they've been doing this year really so do you put him in the middle of that to see those better pictures pitchers pitches you know admittedly i haven't watched tons and tons of film on him like kyle has and and uh so like, is he miss whenever he strikes out, or is he chasing, or is he striking out because he's swinging so hard he's missing the ball? Right? Is it what are the misses for? So I think I'd rather see him kind of slow into it in the fifth or sixth spot. But who are you putting then behind him? Because I still want, I still want him to have good opportunities. If that makes sense, I still right good pitches to see. Yes, I still want that available to him, but not give him all of this pressure. Now. What if I'll if he tell if Ali asks him today, hey, where do you want to bat? And he says, yeah, I'll I'll bat anywhere you want, first, second, third, fourth, wherever yeah. you want me, I'll bat. I don't there. think Ali's going to ask him that. He might. I mean, he might. He, he might ask him what I mean, he's comfortable with, but you know, he's there now. Not, he's going to say, I'll bat wherever. It's not saying he's not opening in St. Louis, so less less pressure. Right. He's going against a pretty much the Indianapolis Indians and the Pirates AAA team. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not. They're not very good. So it's like this is an opportunity for him to get some good at-bats against not a very good team. Some guys he's probably played against as as recently as last year whenever they actually played the Indians. So the Indianapolis Indians. So that, you know, there's opportunity there. So I don't know where you put. So I I say fifth or sixth, but who who are we talking in those situations? So if we have, I don't know if they're going to put Donovan in left, but. I think they should. I, I it think, makes the most sense defensively if, to keep his bat in the lineup. If he is better than Yepes, oh for sure, defensively, he is. he's he's played there. He's I mean yep. he's played that position. He's now, he's better there that. than he is shortstop. I'm fine with that because I think about that as you're not going to have Donovan as a as a uh, DH. No, it's not going to happen. 
So the only way you get Yepes and Donovan in the lineup is for Donovan to play left or or DH. One of the two. But he's not going to no, DH. Exactly. So yeah, the only way he's kind of the only way you're going to see that because if Yepes plays left, then who who's going to be your DH? Exactly. And like, the beauty of Donovan like really, too though, is that's the real question. Who would be the DH? Right. Well, and the beauty of that too is is the versatility of Donovan, right? Mm-hmm. So he can start out in left field and he can be playing there. And later in the game, you know, who, whoever's DHing that night, Yepes, Pools, whoever right. it is, if you want to get the defense a little bit better, you could move, you can move Donovan to second base and maybe bring in Dickerson or someone else, you know, to play left field at the end of the game. Dickerson and take hasn't out, looked very good in left either. No, he hasn't. He His hasn't arm looked, hasn't looked great. He hasn't I, looked good at all in, in hardly any aspects. He had a few game run that he was hitting the ball. But he hasn't looked good at all. No, and you talk about corresponding roster moves. I mean, he might be the odd man out some sometime here soon. We well, might just be eating that five million. I know John Mozeliak, particularly like Dewitt, that. doesn't like to do that. But I mean, if you've got Gorman and you've got Yepes hitting, there's no spot on this roster for Corey Dickerson. There's just not. So the corresponding move for and Donovan hitting the corresponding move for Gorman is Tyler O'Neill to the IL. Right. right for now, that's, well, that's but, but, right. That's what that move is. So, and what about Sosa? Sosa's still there. He's still there. So yeah. he he didn't go the IL or anything for his no. little injury. So or, I guess you could send him down now that you have Donovan, right? If you wanted to, because you're kind of duplicating positions at this point, right? Right. Because and you need Donovan more than you need Sosa because he's a left-handed bat, and Donovan is more play personal. everywhere, right? So I, I I think that Sosa to me seems like the odd man out, but it might be. But Dickerson, to be honest, I'd rather have Lars Newtbar there than Dickerson. That's a good point. I haven't checked in to see what either, Lars has done. Yeah, I, I need to look at that. But I mean, after what we saw from him last year, the right. taste he got, it can't be any worse than what Dickerson's doing right now. Right. So, th- like, you know, I think about that. I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have where all these opportunities. Now, if assuming. That Gorman hits, and assuming that he he's the second baseman of the now, not the future, he's the second baseman tomorrow, and and going forward, he might be of the future too. Well, I mean, all of it. He's now and and right. he's tomorrow. He's the next day. He's the next day. He's two years from now, right? And he doesn't come off that spot. Hopefully, right <laughs> is the goal. And then that means that then Tommy is now your shortstop, your new Gold Glove shortstop. So, Who's to say he can't win a Gold Glove there? I would not put it past him. Seriously, that dude is damn good in every place that he's ever had to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. So. And that, for all of you who said, what about his arm? Just wait until you watch this weekend. The guy was drafted as a third baseman. As Brent, a third baseman in the shortstop. Brendan Donovan has is lesser defender than and then Tommy. And he's been fine. And he's been fine. He's had some issue. You know, I had an air, whatever. Who cares? My point is he's Tommy will be better than Brendan has. Oh, yeah. But so the my question is And uh, Gorman will be better than Matt Carpenter while we're on this topic. And Johnny Peralta. Yes. And, <laughs> and yes. who else you got that played that position that didn't do well? But that has to put the end to any shortstop talk of outside the organization, right? I mean, I think we'll have to see how Gorman does. Well, right? that's my point. So if he is, yeah, if, if he, he is the, if, if he he's plays lighting well, it up, not even lighting it up. If he is progressing, yeah, and he's the, and you can see that he is the shortstop. He's the second baseman now, and tomorrow, and the next year, and he's There's not no going back to down. make a trade for Zander. They're not going to like unless they want pop. I don't know. That's the only. That's the only question, right? Because Tommy, then to me, Tommy goes into more of a real shortstop type player. He's a leadoff guy. He is a uh, fast, you know, second in the NL and the majors in, in steals. Yep. He is, can hit set doubles and triples. And he, you know, he just does, he gets walks. He's doing everything right. 
as a as that and he's you know he's not doesn't hit tons of home runs but he still has like three i think right now which is third or so on the team yeah so i think that he could become he's got four actually four so he he comes more of that traditional shortstop that the cardinals have had for years right so do they just stick with that or do they are they i mean tommy's cheap that's why they went with tommy over over colton wong yeah, don't 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 tell me you, you're not you can't sit here and tell me that the front office realistically thought he would win a gold glove. Tommy, oh, the year that they let Colton walk, they're I mean, high. Did it. They're you high fiving each other, going, "We're smart as hell." Yeah, we look what or we look, did. look what happened. Look Thank what God, we Tommy. did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I that think, was all. I think money. Tommy makes like half a million dollars a year. I mean, it's it's something just ridiculous. Yeah, it'll either either be next, probably starting next season. He starts getting in the millions in arbitration. I would imagine. Well, and the part of the new CBA, right? Because of it, I don't know if it helps him what he did last year with this new CBA and arbitration going forward. Right. Because he obviously won a gold glove and he, you know, he did, he's doing well and he's doing well in all the other categories. So, but I assume that the Xander Bogarts and the future Trey Turner available next year, the, I'm yeah, trying to think throw of, that out the window. Uh, uh, Correa is available again next year. Uh, those types of moves are irrelevant, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at this point, you're going to give Gorman every every opportunity. They wouldn't call him up. I mean, Kyle Reese even said that too. You know that I know fans have been calling for this and been all you know pissed off about it, but this is still actually like a big deal that the Cardinals are even doing this this early. This is like you know out of the ordinary for them. They are, so, you know, I would say he, he used the word desperate. Kyle Kyle Reese used the yeah, word desperate, and I, I have think that, I think text, that's I have that tweet pulled up actually. I, I think do. that's a good that's a good phrasing and and. I but I like the urgency because we did not have this urgency last year. I mean, wouldn't you agree? We didn't have this urgency last year. And what happened in June? We won nine. Right. So now we'll see the biggest difference, even though it feels kind of the same start in terms of you know being around five hundred. I have the tweet up now. I yeah, think. go ahead and you read can, that. You can uh let me try and see if I can get it up a little better. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So uh, this is what Kyle Reese had to say about this move. He said, I know people are ang- angsty and angry about the organization taking a perceived long time to get this point to call up a little extra help. While it may not be the, the at the pace the modern society di- t- dictates, he in his words, this is a desperate <laughs> move for them comparatively to years past. In I would agree with that for sure. Desperate. So I would agree as well because I feel you know it's late to all of us, right? As As he kind of, said it's late to the, the fan but it is not reactive i think it is ahead of time for the cardinals this is ahead of their normal move yeah. to to do something to prevent a june of last year to prevent this awful time and have somebody ready all right let's try this out and let's not be reactive when it's too late right let's do something now to make that happen this uh, inconsistency of the offense. I mean, th- th- that's the biggest issue. And we need lefty thump. Now, I think Donovan bought them some time, you know, for another week or two because his bat's been so well. But the biggest factor in this is Tyler O'Neill not hitting. So, you know, those two days O'Neill got off last week, if he comes back and he's just ripping the cover off the ball, this move doesn't happen. It just doesn't. Donovan would still be playing shortstop. Tommy would be at second. Yepes would probably be DHing and O'Neill would be in left field. Because I don't think he's actually hurt with his shoulder. I think this is more of a fan on the like mental. Maybe break. it's barking a little bit, like, you know, let's just do this, give you some time to figure out your swing. But if 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 O'Neill is hitting, 
boy. I, I don't think this. I don't think this move happens right now. But if if O'Neal, because of Donovan hitting too. If O'Neal too. hits, can I? Can we think about that for a second? Yeah, I mean, he's still. We need him. I mean, I've been ripping him because he's he's looked awful, but they're gonna need him, man. If last year was fool's gold, they're gonna have to figure out something this offseason in left field. But let's th- let's just say for pleasantries that he starts hitting. He figures it out. The rest works. Okay. This offense could be looking real good. Right. July or August. That's what I'm thinking. Think about that. So let's, you know, you run through that order. You're talking about Carlson. Lineup gets way deeper. Oh, a hundred percent. Your worst hitter in the lineup is, is Bader and Molina. Yeah. Eight and nine. Right. Yeah. And probably nine is probably Bader. Yeah. And he's leading the NL in steals. Right. And I mean that's that's your that is a really deep lineup because oh, yeah. Donovan is the odd man out at that point because there's no place for him to play. That's a good guy good off the bench. Yeah. That's a good guy off the bench that can play any super position. Super utility guy. Yes, he becomes what people thought Tommy was going to be. Yeah, Brendan Donovan becomes um, Ben Zobrist. He yeah. becomes that guy and can play anywhere and brings that spark that people like to see. I'm gonna sneeze. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, Tyler's going to be big this season. I mean, they're going to need him to make that lineup deeper. God bless you. They're going to need him though. I mean, and I so I hope I hope he does figure it out. I hope he comes back. I'm not saying you know I'm I'm not thinking the same thing with Paul DeYoung, but I'm more so hoping he figures it out so they can trade him for something. <laughs> Paul DeYoung, yeah, I'm I you know I think the Paul DeYoung ship has sailed, sailed me, man. Yeah. yeah, it's it's over. It's it's Gorman time. Gorman is going to be there every single day as long as he's performing at at a at a decent level. I mean, yeah. he doesn't have to be the rookie of the year this year, next year, however much time this is going to count for that. He doesn't have to be that guy right now. He really doesn't. He needs to just perform at a, you know, fifth, sixth hitter at, in, a, in a decent spot. He needs to come through and not strike out in those spots, but he just needs to be able to come in, add some power to this lineup, which the lineup does not really have very much of. You know, Nolan or Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Yepes a little bit. Yepes but... is, I mean, he's already up to three now, three right? Three now, yeah. So, and, and I think he's been there a week and a half, something like that. Tommy's been, I mean, he, he's been hitting more extra base hits than I, I would think. Tommy, this early, but, especially the homers. We had a triple the other night, hitting some doubles again. But the doubles is just what Tommy does. That's his Tommy thing, two yeah. bags. That's his thing. But, um, you know, that's, you know, if, you, if that starts happening, that, I mean, He's here to stay, so that means Paul DeYoung is, is, is done. Really, I mean, so you they're gonna have to trade him, right? Yeah, I mean, you gotta trade him for something. If Gorman starts, You're not gonna hitting, get much okay, for him. Let's let's play this out just a little bit. Gorman hits fine enough, maybe not great, maybe not awesome, just good enough, better than what you know DeYoung does. DeYoung gets it somewhat figured out in in AAA. What happens? I mean, you got to trade him. You got to trade him for something. Because or, even if he figures it out, th- I mean, that doesn't mean that he's going to, you know, come back up to the majors and figure it, you know, figure it out there. I mean, you could use the same argument, obviously, for Gorman. Well, it's just AAA pitching, but I don't know, man. They're going against the same. They've been going against the same pitchers over the last couple of weeks, right? Right. And and uh, Gorman's been hitting still, and and Paulie Dung hasn't. Now, to me, they are the same player in theory. They're high strikeout. Homer or bust type of player. You just said that, and every Cardinals fan is like, they better not be no, the no, same player. They are, you know, in at prime. <laughs> I would rather you compare him to Tyler O'Neill than, than prime Paul DeYoung. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But I don't know. 
is Gorman fast? I don't know. To be honest, uh, I mean, no, he's not. He didn't have but that speed. I'm talking about like when Young came up and and shot to the roof and he was an all star. Had a, you know the that is what you hope that Gorman is. He's going to strike out in the thirty plus percent. He's going to hit bombs and he's and he's not going to do tons of other things. He's going to hit doubles and things like that. But he's what Paul DeYoung was whenever he was great. So why would you? There's no room for Paul DeYoung. Is my point? No. He if they are similar at their best at Paul DeYoung's best, he is similar to Nolan Gorman. It doesn't make sense. No. There's no room. There's no there's no spot with, for him. Especially with Donovan cracking the majors now and being a lefty bat. So say you still like is a better defender. Than Donovan. Well, than Donovan and probably than Paul too. I mean So so you think? Yeah. I mean, or comparable at least. They're probably on the same level. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're just I think for most fans, they would say that ship has sailed on Paul DeYoung. I mean, it has for me. Six million this year, nine million next year, and then I don't know two, who's going to take that. And then two million dollar. Uh, Let the Rockies take a flyer on him. Two million dollar buyout. They if, lost Trevor Story. They take <laughs> Paul DeYoung. Give us anything. Anything. Gomber back. What, yeah. what? <laughs> give us. Give us one of the pitchers back that we gave you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and you know he should have been in that trade last year, but hey, or two years ago, whatever that was, but. They would have been smart, and then Paul DeYoung didn't do anything. But you know what's going to be incredible, though, to me, if if Gorman does come up and he is like, you know, big time, yeah, 30, 35 home runs a year, hitting around two sixty, two seventy as a second baseman, you know, driving in eighty, ninety, hundred runs, something. I mean, that's like peak. What you know, right? Would hope. How awesome is it that we would have that Nolan at second and Nolan Arenado at third base when? I mean, if you think back to like early talks of the Cardinals might be talking to the Rockies and every every Assume. big national rider, Nolan Gorman would have to be involved. Top prospect, top three prospect would have to be involved. You know, and it didn't happen. Somehow we got Nolan Arnado and the Rockies to pay us fifty million, and we didn't give them Nolan Gorman. <laughs> right, and and I think that's most pretty people, incredible. I also think most people would have been fine with it as well because you got Nolan Arnado. Yeah, because yeah. I think back to oh man, I can't think of the trade. All of a sudden, but is Brett Wallace was like the top tier. Oh, uh, that's who we traded for Matt Holiday. Okay, Matt Holiday. So Brett Wallace was the for half a season of Matt Holiday, not even yeah. a full season like Arenado. And Brett Wallace was the I think his name is Brett, right? Am I making that up? That sounds right. Okay, but he was like I'll he, give it a Google. He was like the top prospect. He was like the next dude, first baseman, I do believe. Power, he, big power hitter. He yeah, was first baseman. It. He was blocked by Pujols, obviously, like in that round. And it was like that is the next guy. And I was upset that they were they traded him like this dude is gonna be awesome. He wasn't. He played some major league. I think he played for the Astros um, for a little bit, and he he had some run, but he never turned out to be that top prospect guy. So I think whenever that happens, I'm more apt to let he him. He didn't play with because we traded him to the A's, or was that a three team trade? Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember. Because he never logged any major league time with the A's, I wonder if they flipped him to Houston for somebody. Because he played played four seasons with Houston, and yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't do much. And I was like, man, this twenty thirteen, is... he played seventy nine games, hit thirteen home runs, hit right two twenty one, and then so, randomly played two seasons with the Padres in twenty fifteen twenty sixteen. He only had six years. He only had four hundred ninety four games. 
Right, and he was, and he was, and he was like, like our top prospect. Yes, hitting the cover off the ball in the mind. I mean, same kind of thing for a guy like Colby Rasmus. Now, Rasmus had a little bit; he had a better major league career than than Brett Wallace, but yes, fizzled so, out. You so just never know with these over guys. those. And you can even go back to like JD Drew, who had a good major league career, but it wasn't. Heart. <laughs> but JD Drew didn't have the career that you thought no. that it was going to be. I mean, I think. Besides Mark McGuire, J.D. Drew hit the longest home run I think I've ever seen in person. Really? I, uh, in Old Bush Stadium. He hit it off the scoreboards in right center, off the score, over the bleachers, and it was just like, wow. Yeah. Like that's, you know, but he never turned out to be what you thought that he was supposed to be. No. There's no guarantee with these so, guys. So I think that my point is that, like, to give up Nolan Gorman for Nolan Arenado, people were like, that's fine because you're not sure what you ever really have. No. And that was my point with, with the uh, Xander Bogarts part, if right. you traded Nolan Gorman or if you traded Mason Wynn or one of these guys that are hopeful to be really, really good for someone that's proven, you take it. Yeah, because absolutely. it's really hard to be really, really good in the majors. So we all hope now that Nolan is up. He's going to be really, really good. But for him to be 30 and 100 guy is really hard. So to oh, think yeah. he's going to do that this year or next year is is probably like yeah, unrealistic, unrealistic. Unre- unreasonable yes. for sure. And so to give him a little time to even to show us a little bit of it is all that the Cardinals are really is what you should be expecting as a fan. And what the Cardinals should be looking for is just to see the flashes of it and how to go, the, go from there. And then now you also have Albert Pujols give him a little mentorship yeah. along the way as well. You didn't get to, you didn't get to listen to much of the game today. I is didn't, there... I didn't. I, I mean, I had it on a little bit and I, I, I didn't yeah. get to see, I sat in my car uh, I trying to listen. I said my truck listening and watching the game on MLB TV um, in the ninth. And so I saw them come back. I saw that part. And then I, and then in after the ninth ended, then I, I went back out, but uh, I, I had it in my ear, you know, at work a little bit listening to it. Uh, and Danny Mac talks some about Albert and how Juan Yepes in particular is like always in his year. Nice. You know, and, and the Albert loves it. Oh yeah. He, he loves it. Talking to him and, you know, giving these young guys, you know, being a mentor, giving them advice. So, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I could see probably Gorman. I mean, he's going to talk to Albert, but probably talking a lot to Arenado and Goldschmidt as well. I mean, he's already talked about how much he's talked with them just in the spring training. Absolutely. So, yeah, because he's been in camp. He was in camp exactly. with those guys. So he, it's not like these guys are brand new. I mean, Albert's probably pretty new because he was hardly in camp. But you know that you've got to assume that they know each other and they've they've had conversations. So yeah, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's finally like, you know, we, I don't think we were planning to do a podcast until probably Monday. Um, so, and then this come down. And so like, we got to do it because it's yeah. finally Nolan Gorman time. Now I, we're I setting would... the expectations high already because we're doing a podcast, right? That means, oh, right. Well, yeah. it's, you know, top prospect or at the top. I mean, it's kind of, I look at this, I look at this opportunity for him kind of like Dylan Carlson's 2020, you know, the COVID season, he got to come up, struggle the first couple of weeks pretty bad so they sent him back down i think like maybe a week back in the minors well, like you said trout out. did the same thing when he first yeah. came up carlson it's, came back up and by the end of that season he was batting cleanup for us in the playoffs so yeah. that i think that's best and worst case with gorman he struggles goes back down comes up and he doesn't doesn't leave now and don't be best, shocked best. if he does yeah no don't I mean, most guys do like don't be shocked because nolan gorman is making the biggest jump of his entire life and he's making the it, the most pressure he's ever had on his entire life. This is where he's wanted to be since he was five years old playing ball with Matthew Libator. This is what he's always wanted. So the pressure on this guy is astronomical. He's the biggest 
I, I think, just thinking about, about it, this is the biggest call-up in Cardinals history since Albert Pujols. Like, this is the guy. I would say, I mean, pr- probably since Oscar Tavares. That that one had that one had a lot of. I don't know if you remember that. Oh god, I mean, it I was, had I was so at, much. Hype. I was at those games. That it had he so came much in. hype. That last uh, month in September when he came up, the, the playoffs. Playoffs. I was at the, the game. homer against hit, the Giants in the rain, dude. I was there. I mean, yes, it was. It, this, it, he felt like the next big thing. He did. He but did he have? Did he we'll have the know, pressure coming he, up? He didn't play like he had the pressure. I man. know, but I that was but I'm, so fun. I'm to watch thinking it. back though. What year was that? Fourteen, fifteen. Okay, so, there. so Twitter was alive and well. Like, Twitter, I really think, was starting to get big in 10 and 11, I do believe. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot, all that chatter and all that conversation. I don't think that there was that, this is the freaking dude that needs to perform right now. You know what I mean? Like, Oscar Tavares didn't have that. But, but he did have that quote. You know that that yes. Mosaic is saying now with Jordan, Jordan Walker, this is the, the best hitter we've yeah. seen since Albert. I mean, yes. Oscar had that, and his swing man was oh my god! I it I mean, we'll never know, I obviously, know. but man, it would have been fun to watch him for a long time. I I got to throw out the first pitch, um, a spring training game. Um, I can't remember what year it was. Look at you, big time. Yeah, and um, and it was on the field. I got to be on the field, national anthem, all those, and I'm standing next to Oscar Tavares. And this is off topic, big time. But I get to stand next to Oscar Tavares, David Freeze, all in a row, like all these dudes. And you know, I got my pictures with them. And uh, Adrian Adrian Chambers signed my ball. And I'm trying to think of the other guys that signed the ball. There's a couple different guys, but Adrian Chambers. And and I'm standing next to him. I get my pictures with them. And I'm in a row in the row with them in the like the national anthem. And I'm standing next to Oscar Tavares. And that was the then the next off season he died. And yeah. so it's like. I knew who he was then and, and what was supposed to be. And then it comes down to, you know, what happened. It's just like, it was just so crushing. So like all that to be said is, I think that is a, the best comparison of Nolan Gorman is. Yeah, he's the biggest. Yeah. I mean, we'll be saying it again a couple of years of Jordan Walker, but no, he's yes. the biggest hitter, especially power wise. I, yes. I, I think the power, I don't think we've had a power guy. Because even even Pujols, no one was saying, "Oh, he's a power hitter." You know, no one's saying he's going to be the tenth, no, the tenth no, in hits in career. No yeah. one, no one thought. Everyone thought Albert was good, good, but he wasn't where he is now. They no. never thought that he was that good. I think it's Gorman's power is is yeah. where everyone's like, "This is the best power hitter in the prospects wise." You know, in the minors we've ever had. And look, something to think about too with these two guys, Libertor and Gorman. I, I think it's it, it cannot be overstated them making it up even at this point this year, when you think back to, to 2020, they didn't get to play at all in 2020 because of right. COVID. It was just backfield stuff against, you know, it was Gorman and Libertor hitting right. off each other. Like it, it was, it was practice. Right. It was like live BP in front of no one, which is even more difficult too. Right. Exactly. There's, there's yeah, more, not the, there's not there, the, di- it's a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, huge difference. So, so for him to, to, to do what he did last year, tearing it up in double A after a full year off of the minors, pretty much. And then get called up to the you know triple A, you know, the last month or two of the season. Libertor, same kind of leap and the way he's been pitching. For them to do that last year and be where they're up now, I mean, I don't think it can be overstated. You know, I mean Kyle Reese has said too, he feels like we're in a period of time where it seems like these guys are getting called up too early, too quickly. And we'll see. That might be the case with these guys. Now, Juan Yepes would say, Hey, no, I'm ready. Right. And he's proven it, you know. So you hope Gorman does the same, but 
man, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited to watch the game tomorrow. Oh, I would not be excited to watch the game tomorrow if this hadn't happened. After what has happened the last seven games, yes, and then now Rough. tomorrow becomes appointment TV. Like I was looking at the schedule, like is tomorrow a day game? Be- Saturday too, Libertor. I want to watch a pitch. Yeah. Absolutely, but I was looking like is tomorrow a day game because. I'm going to have to adjust my schedule to watch for tomorrow. Like, you know, no matter what. Thankfully, it's a night game. Yeah. And I think it's 630. I don't know if that's Eastern or Central. It's Eastern. So, so 530 Central game. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm ready to watch. I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to be all over it. And then, like you said, Saturday, I don't know what time that game is. I think it might be the same time, actually. To what? I mean, you got to think about it. To, I mean, it's the future of of the ball club that they predict to be the future. And they've been predicting to be the future since, since Matthew Libertor came here, he was the future. And since Nolan Gorman, the last few years, like he's the future. So now the future is now the future starts tomorrow. And it's really, well, tomorrow being uh, on Friday, since we're, you know, taping this and all. So today, if you're listening, but it, the future is now. And it's really, I haven't been this excited to finally see someone to play and to, and I, you know more about this guy coming up more than any of the guys we've had in a long, long time. So, yeah, cool. It's I'm I'm excited, and I wouldn't be like you said after no, the last yeah. seven games. I wouldn't be excited. I, I said that the they were going to sweep the Orioles. They went one for three. And I and I also what I also say is no one ever goes back and says what they had to say on on a podcast, on the radio, on a TV show. They never say they were wrong. They were wrong. They never bring that part back up. What I predicted was th- taking three from the Orioles and splitting with the Mets is what I predicted. They went one for three, one, you know, one win against them and, and one win there. I mean, they're two, two and two and five, two and five. Yeah. In the About line. as bad as you could get yeah. that, that Orioles series. I mean, Danny Mac even said, it, and I, I've, I never hear him say this. He, I mean, he said, I think the day or two after that, like that's a series you hope that doesn't come back and bites you. Cause that's a team you have no business losing two or three to them. None at all. No, none at all. And the team is getting stale. So hopefully this. And then, adds, and then today, coming back today, you know, they just came back. They get they, the they hit, grind. They come back. Stole Pater steals. Gets moved over. Great, Yachty, great place to get it back. Yachty moves him over. I don't know if you were watching at that time. Yachty, you told me about it. Yachty moves him over perfectly. Like Jim Edmonds, as much as some people hate to listen to Jim Edmonds, you can. He was talking about how Yachty breaks down hitting well. He hit purposefully on the inside of that ball to make sure the ball goes behind Bader. He doesn't care if it, he doesn't need it to go to first. He doesn't need it to go to second. It just needs to be behind Bader. So Bader can move yeah. instead of, you know, obviously pulling down the third baseline or anywhere that way Bader can't run. He purposefully pulled those hands in and got on the inside half of the ball, puts it behind Bader. Bader gets the third and then Edmund strikes out on a terrible call, but, and then rough game. And then, and, he, then, and then for some reason in the bottom of the 10th, we let Gallegos Pete pitch to Pete Alonzo, who's leading all of baseball in RBIs. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I didn't. I would, but I would before guessed, that at bat, he was guessed, leading all of baseball. I would have guessed uh, the dude from um, Colorado, uh, Crone. He's up there. He's fourth. He's fourth. Uh, yeah, he gets, Alonzo's first at thirty six. I think, I, think uh, Crone, I don't know if it's Crone if that's how you say it, but CJ Crone. Yeah, he, he leads in home runs. Yes. So Stan- would, Stanton actually is second. 35, Jose Ramirez, 34, and then Arnado's fourth, and then we'll be at 31. Let, let's, can we talk about Nolan and Goldie for a second? I, don't, we're, I know this is the, goal, the Gorman and Libertor show, but um, briefly, so um, Nolan is cooled off, but still producing. Still producing, yeah. Um, but Goldie, 
had a cold, cold April as always, and it heats up. He's but now. If you look, man, oh I mean, he started heating up gosh. like April twentieth. Yes, it was like the last week of April. Like the moment it started getting a little bit warm, yes. weather wise, he just takes off. His man. numbers are now higher than Nolan's in like batting average and OPS. And what what we're seeing right now oh. is like prime Arizona Diamondbacks as good as it gets. Yes, absolutely. He has been unbelievable. He like as good. If you think about you know Nolan. Arnado was the NL player of the month in April, and he just was killing it. Yeah. Goldschmidt has now passed him in almost every statistical category. Oh, if he keeps category. this up, he'll be player of the month in May. And, and then we're talking no about MV, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it, those two dudes have been leading this team. Yeah. If you think about where this team would be without Nolan Arnado, and then if you think about where they would be without Paul Goldschmidt. I we'd mean, be under 500. Oh, they'd be easily. terrible. They'd be really terrible. So those two guys, and then obviously Tommy has been playing very well. He hasn't been as great as he was earlier on but he's still been playing very well so those three guys if we can add one more maybe it's gorman maybe it's gorman maybe yepes starts you know what well, i mean he's, he's, he's still been hitting but maybe he starts really you know getting the slugging up and i mean he showed I that today his power Yepes is, didn't reach base in one game so far yeah i think i could be wrong yeah, he reached base in like his first 12 or 13 games. yeah and i think there's only i think it's one game maybe two that he hasn't reached base in like he's like 15 16 games in now yeah i mean he's proven to put the ball in play and he's proven to take good at bats. Yep. And he's not playing like a first year guy. Right. Not at all. I think all. that in watching watching Arenado and Goldschmidt, both hitting well over three hundred at this point. Goldschmidt more so, I think now than than Nolan. But I think the biggest reason I can see for that, especially with Nolan this year, is they're they're hitting the ball the other way. I mean, Nolan's been doing that. He's yep. been hitting gappers to right center for doubles, you know, sing, long singles to get some RBIs. Like, he's not just trying to pull everything. Now, he still pulls most of his home runs, and Goldie hits a lot of pull home runs too. But Gold, Goldie even more so, there's nowhere you can pitch him. The two home runs. He, he, he had three hits. He had four more RBIs today, a double off that oh, yeah. straight down left field line, a bomb of a home run the second say. deck in left field, and then smokes. You try to paint the outside of the plate, smokes and just smokes a, a double down the right field line. You can't. There, he, he covers every part of the plate. His home run was a bomb, and Nolan. You know, we talk about Nolan's more of a line drive his, or high home runs. He's a lot high, he but hit, they land shorter. His bomb two nights, two days ago yeah, in was New York was a bomb as well. I don't want to be a negative at all, so I'll, 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 I'll my question will is. Does does Albert get hurt at all by Gorman coming up? Because I think about DHing and where we're going to move guys around right. on a, against a lefty. So if, Yepes, if Yepes keeps hitting, I think he does. Right. So Yepes is because Yepes is hitting righties as well. Because you or you know, I guess I guess probably what happens is Yepes plays left right now without O'Neill. Yepes plays left against a lefty, and then. Albert DHs yeah. and you get rid of Donovan. Yeah. Donovan's the odd man out in that. Or he's a late, stadium. late substitution, late inning, you know, defensive. You get him in there in the left field to replace Yepes later or something. It, and then you can move Yepes to DH later right. in the game. You know, something like that. Defensive replacement. I, yeah, I think that's where we're at. Um because he's been great lately. Albert Pujols has been awesome in every well, in against not against righty so much. Besides but no, Max. I mean he was and he put but, he put he had good at bats today. The at bats against yeah. the you know, he even you know he didn't get an RBI in the tenth, but he. I think they did. It's give him double one. play. Oh, okay. He, he he got into the ground, but he. What I love about Albert Pujols has always done, and all about Yadier Molina, what they have the always done. Play. They always get the ball in play. They hit into a ton of double plays. I think Albert now is the most ever in the history of baseball. Yeah. I do believe. 
but they always put the ball in play and gives guys a chance. Like Goldschmidt tonight or today, whenever it was in the the ninth inning, he grounded out to third base and they tied they tied the game up because right. he put the ball in play. I mean that's that's what I like to see. So you're not going to see that from Gorman. It's not going to happen that way. So don't expect that Gorman's going to be up there, you know, taking Tommy Ed- Edmund at bats. He's not going to be. No. You know, th- that's not who he is. Or Brendan Donovan, you know, he sees like five or six pitches on average in at bat. Right. Gorman's not going to be doing that. He's not, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, over the years of who he's not going to be taking Colton Wong at bats. He's not going to be taking no. these type of bats. He's Skip a, Schumacher at bats. He's a traditional four hole type hitter. Yeah. And it's, it's a boomer bust. I think he had 39 hits on the year in AAA, and we know 15 of them were home runs. It's a lot of solos. A lot of solo home runs. Not not exactly his fault. I right. Mean, Tyler O'Neill had a lot of those last year, too. Right. But. So the I'm excited to watch the game tomorrow. I'm excited to see what he brings, but I'm also reserved in knowing that he's a rookie that may not be as great as we think right now tomorrow. Yeah. We'll wrap it up with maybe a little bit of a negative note. Uh, I would say biggest worry right now, man, not so much the starting rotation as is the bullpen. I mean, they were strong. You, they were strong at times. April was good for yeah. the bullpen. Uh, TJ McFarland, um, not the same guy, man. No, I don't know what happened. Um, you know, well, I don't know. Might what, have just caught lightning in a bottle. I don't know what Luis Garcia is doing these days. Yeah, I, I don't look. I don't know if he's because I thought if we're gonna get one of these two back, I'd rather have Luis Garcia back. But he was also the closer for the Yankees AAA team. He wasn't doing anything no. last year either. I, I, I think, think it was more so we got a little lucky, caught lighting in a bottle a little bit. He, he got a, 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 just a ridiculous amount of double plays last year. And but I think, the opposite's happening this year. But I <laughs> Getting think, home runs hit left and right I off of him. the team was just winning. Yeah. You know, it's, it is so contagious. He losing, came in at the right time. Losing and winning is contagious. You know, having fun playing ball and winning is really contagious. And when you start sucking, it's really contagious yeah. as well. And so I think that is, you know, last year with Luis Garcia and TJ McFarland, they were great additions that really propelled them and helped them. But now the ball's not getting down. His, but I also read yesterday, may have been today, that his his ground his fly ball rate is up fifteen percent over his his best of his worst in his career. So like it's way up over his normal as a career. And that's not good. No, yeah, as and a, that's not how this team's built. Right, with the defense. But it's like, why is it so far up? It's not like it's worse than his, it was last year, which it obviously is. But it's worse than it's ever have been in his entire career. So whatever he's done, he needs to not do that anymore. Like he needs mm-hmm. to go revert back. You look at some of those home runs last. Was it last night he came in after Nolan? Oh. Hit a home run to make it six. We were only down two, and then he came in the eighth. Gave up five. Gave up five, man. And the sinker's not sinking. It doesn't no, look like. I don't I know. Mean, it's right over the heart of the plate. And I don't know if he has options or whatever there. I thought that he needs to be sit down. Or he, he, he was only signed for like, what, two or three million? Yeah, yeah. Two, so, two and a half, maybe. You know, I don't know if his time is, is gone. It, we got some lefties down in the minors that we talked about on this podcast with Kyle. Connor yeah. Connor Thomas, I think, is one that sticks out. He's more of a starter, but they've got lefties that could yeah. probably come up now. And I, they, I, they're going to have to reshape the bullpen a little bit, I think. I mean, that um, that might be the focus. TJ McFarland was a lot of fun last year. He was. He got and, a lot of ground balls. It's but it's sad, and you know, this game is is it's brutal. It's brutal, and it's you're in or you're out. I mean, yeah. you you produce or you don't. And I think it, I think they're getting and credit to, to credit to Ollie because he is. I mean, he is stuck by that like. Hey, you know, he said that about um, 
there was someone who got sent down several weeks or this was someone we released Aaron somebody I've already forgotten his name Brooks yeah Aaron Brooks all he literally just got they asked him and said yeah he just he, he wasn't producing he wasn't getting it done so we brought up someone else I mean um, and TJ McFarland is in that he's been in that for several weeks now so it's going to be interesting because I mean they need a lefty obviously they need a, another lefty besides uh Henesis Cabrera so yeah I mean they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do some bullpen reshaping because it's not so great right now. No, Gallegos should not be closing games right now. He just he hasn't looked very no, good. Ryan Helsley should, be, should be the closer right Helsley now. Helsley should have pitched. Yeah. That's a whole other thing we can go into. Yeah. I know he threw thirty pitches a couple nights ago, but they said he should have been available today. Is what I heard. He pitched. He pitched. Oh, he did. He pitched okay. the inning before Gallegos okay. got a one, two, three. And so why didn't he come back in? Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know he pitched. I didn't realize that. But you know, would you rather have Ryan Helsley throwing one hundred and two yes. to Alonzo? Do you think he turns on a home run for that? I'd rather shouldn't have even pitch Alonzo begins with. He should have been walked. But I'd rather Helsley than Gallegos. I mean, Gallegos always makes it interesting. It reminds me of the of the Rosenthal. Trevor Rosenthal uh, days. always made it interesting. He was a. He, you know, and even Isringhausen liked to make it interesting. Yeah. Even the great ones, even the really, really good ones, still. Rosenthal's like, problem was he was walking too many. Yes. So Gallegos's problem is he's, he's getting hit too much. Right. And I'd rather have or having long at bats result in a single or a double or right. you know. Oh, so uh, uh, you know we're way over time that we wanted to be, but I was going to like have normal. A, yeah, not like normal. I was going <laughs> to have a question, and I and I wanted to have and I wanted to have a discussion on it, but I'll kind of table it. But I was talking to Zade Richardson today. Uh, the who plays for the Springfield Springfield yes Springfield Cardinals talking to Zade Richardson today and and he's going to come on at some point awesome um, and be on you the got pod. some time with the audio this spring right yes he did and so I was maybe I'll save this conversation for him but people have been talking a lot about Jeff Albert again over the struggles of what the Cardinals have gone through and hitting and when do you hold him accountable but I that was the kind of the question of what can a a hitting coach do once we're here once we're into this part of the uh, of of the season and, and, and I think, with guys like Goldie and Arnado who right they're already going about their own philosophy for the so most part my theory is and I, I was going to ask Zade because you know he's obviously has hitting coaches and he's had probably hundreds of guys in his ears over his over his career in in the minors and in college and all those well, times and Albert has control over the entire Hitting philosophy of all the minors, the, right? Yeah. So he so has. So a lot of people would say, "Well, go, what about Nolan Gorman, Gorman and Juan Yepes? What about, what about all the guys that Jordan do Walker. well? Yeah. So here's my Mason thought. Win hitting this year. Here's my thought on Jeff Albert, and and maybe, maybe uh, he should just be the minors guy. I think his problem might be once they get into a bad spot, he can't. Fi- he he has a good hitting approach. How about that? Right. I think he has a good hitting approach for the an organizational hitting approach. Younger guys coming up that are into all the. Exit velocity, the analytics. This is what we do. This is how we do as a ball club. But I don't think he, I think there needs to be a nether hitting coach that is, we are struggling and you, it doesn't matter what the analytics say. This is how you need to start hitting the ball. And I want to ask Zade that. I want to ask, you know, uh, and I, someone that knows more than I do, like, what is this about that Tyler O'Neill, Paul DeYoung? Right. Because these guys hit and now they aren't. So is this on jeff albert because he can't get them back on track or is this do we hold the players accountable because they're not actually hitting i think it's a little bit of both i think you hold the players accountable like it, it, arnado and goldschmidt are struggling i'm not i'm not blaming jeff albert right but to your point here's my thing with a hitting coach a major league hitting coach i don't think it should be a jeff albert guy let him come up with the philosophy in the minors that these guys you know bring that they, they, like they, an they organizational guy yes 
Maybe you give, maybe give Jeff Albert a uh, a promotion. Yeah. And say you are the minor league. No, not even minor. You are the St. Louis Cardinals hitting organization guru. Right. That's your job. Yes. You're the and then you have an actual hitting coach. Yes. My, when I think of hitting coach, I think of Mark McGuire. Right. In 2013. Mm. I think of a guy like and I know he drives us crazy on the broadcast some with all his texts and everything, but I think of Jim Edmonds. Right. I think of Ryan Ludwig or Matt Holiday. And when a guy like Nolan Arnato or Paul Goldschmidt or whoever, you know, some guys who've been in the league a little bit longer, like a Paul DeYoung or a veteran, kind of in that veteran stage, when they're struggling, do you think they're going to Jeff Albert for advice? No. Or are they going to – Paul DeYoung, we know, has gone to Ryan Ludwig for advice. He's talked to Jim Edmonds. All the guys – Jim says it on the broadcast all the time. Yeah, was, Bader texted me the other night. We B- were talking. Right, he and Bader are close. He talks all the time. Harry. Matt Holiday. <laughs> when Nolan Arnato's struggling, who do you think he's talking to? Who do you think he's calling? He's calling Matt Holiday. Hey, what are you seeing? He's also, me in the cage. He's like, also, he talks about, you know, all the people he's friends with and who comes to his place and hits in the offseason. Yes. He's talking to those guys. I think a hitting coach, and this is me personally, I think a hitting coach needs to be a longtime, professional, successful hitter that played in the majors. I don't think that's so much a need for the manager, you know, like Ollie, but Ollie played. Ollie played in the minor league system right. with the Cardinals, and that he was a knock. Right. That's a little bit of a knock on Shield because he never played, but I, I agree. Jeff Albert, as far as I know, has never played in the majors. I and think, I'm not trying to knock the guy because apparently, I mean, he's clearly set a good philosophy in the minors. But I think a hitting coach needs somebody needs to be somebody that the players can go to that know they know the struggle I'm going through because they've been. You know, Mark McGuire was great. He had rough patches. Matt Holiday, same thing. Ryan Lowick was like. I, Ryan Lowe was a very underrated Cardinal for four or five years. And honestly, in my book, might be a red jacket guy. I, I loved Ryan Lowe for those three or four years that he was great with us. I think that a guy like that needs to be the hitting coach. I, dude, I was so pumped when we had Mark McGuire as our hitting coach for those two years. I mean, I just love seeing him in the dugout again. Man. Right. Like, I think we need a guy what, like that. What, I think it needs to be a Matt Holiday or Jim Edmonds. I know about, Edmonds about, doesn't want to do it. But. What about William McGee? I mean, that guy can yeah, hit. Or, yeah, hit, <laughs> yes. Well, they're probably going to him. Bader, right. those guys I are mean, probably going to if him. I'm, if, if, if it's you, who are you going to? Jeff Albert or William McGee? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and I'm not trying, I mean, I'm not you trying know the to history, bash Jeff You know Albert. the history of, of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you know the history of William McGee. Right. Those guys may not know that. I mean, to be honest, Nolan Arenado probably doesn't know what William McGee, McGee did in the 80s for the St. No, Louis yeah. Cardinals. Well, and it makes more sense for a guy probably like Bader to go to yeah, McGee. You know, that's sure. his kind of play. That's the way he his style of play. Right, but I, but. I completely agree, and I, and I didn't want to go off into it, but I had this thinking about this because Jeff Albert has come to the forefront once again in the conversation very scrutinized yes and and i and i think it, it obviously there is a good they are he's doing a good job organizationally i think you can't put that behind i don't think you can't say that's not true because there are so many guys that are coming up that are hitting well and they're hitting well at all levels but i think is where the problem is is the cold streak and how do you get them out of the cold streak Analytics is not going to do that. Right. Launch angles and all that stuff is not going to get him out of the cold no. streak. It's about what things that Jim Edmonds is saying in the broadcast. Or Mark McGuire is watching you in the cage and pointing out things. Right. Hey, your front foot's, foot's flying coming, open. Right. Dude, think I'm going to go back to Mark because I think he gets passed over as his time hitting coach with us because it was only like two years. Right. 2013, when we made the World Series that year, if you go back and look, highest team average a team average batting average and like forever and that team if you remember i don't think we had one guy that hit 30 home runs but we our had, team we had average, a bunch of 20 homers guys 2025 20, yeah beltran was very close to yeah. 30 but that team 
hitting with runners in scoring position was, was unbelievable. insane. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mark, Mark McGuire wasn't the highest average hitting guy. No. And he always hit the best with runners in scoring position. You think of him, you think of home runs. Right. But clearly, whatever well, he, he was square a ball up. Yes, whatever he whatever he was teaching worked very well. Whatever the guys were going for to him worked very well. I don't want to keep getting on this, but I saw where the Cardinals they need are to the, consider it. Man, I saw soon. where the Cardinals are in the lower third of barreling the ball, hard hit rate, all those things of that are like analytical data that you know people like to just say Jeff Albert sucks and they don't have really any real data. Right. But when the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, right now are in the bottom five teams of barrel rate. And hard hits. That's analytical data that Jeff Albert is. That you've been preaching with a young guy like him, right? That's what he should be good at is all those those data points. So again, I think that he has a, done a good job. With, yeah, I'm not saying kick him kid. off the staff, no, keep I, him on in some way, but get a guy. I think you literally the only way you because they never. I don't think the St. Louis Cardinals are going to ever move on for Jeff Albert. I don't think it's going to happen. They need to. I think they really need to consider it next year. But I think that you how you do that is promoting him. And saying you are the organization ph- hitting philosophy guy, and this is we're we're going to do exactly as you say as an organization. Treat, but treat the hitting coach as more like a mentor for yes. the players, somebody yes. that has played. Absolutely, because that's already what's happening. Jim Edmonds is doing it right now. I know he doesn't, doesn't want to do it full time, but he doesn't get paid for it, and well, he's still he's, he's still helping these guys. Yeah. But who would you rather go get a hit advice from, Skip Schumacher? Or Jeff Albert. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about the guys that are on this bench. Yes. They were great hitters. I mean, Willie McGee, Skip. I mean, getting big spots. Like, yes, big time. Like, I would, again, Matt Holiday, I'm sure would love to do it. Would you hate that if Matt Holiday was yeah, a hitting coach? I'm not a year? huge Matt Holiday fan. I know I get hit. But he was a good that. hit. He was, I mean, overall, yeah, you look at the span of his He career. won't do it anyways. He said that's not his interest right now. His son is about yeah, to go true. to college. I know his, Jim, Jim Evans has kind of said the same. He doesn't want to travel yeah, that much. His, uh, Matt Holiday's son is going to college soon. Oh, Brian Lovelick. I don't know. He's I he was with the organization. He works he works with them okay, every yeah. year. So so it needs to be a former hitter. That's I mean, that's my opinion. I agree. I think that it's more hitting, not analytics. It's a process of hitting the ball. And you know what? I, I just bring Carlo bring Carlos Beltran you know, back just, as a I hitting just, coach. I just thought of something. Light the world on fire. There there's a lot. <laughs> I don't know how he doesn't have a job and all these other no, guys. No, no, he he's he's doing broadcasting stuff. With I know, the but Yankees. my point is he did you see that? Yeah, but my point is he who was a part of the whole BS and it is cheating system here cheating. for us. Let's bang well, on my point trash is cheating, hands. but the other guys, Alex Cora and them, they got jobs again. Yeah, that's very, and, and very Beltran backwards. lost his job that he was about to get. But I just thought of something. I have I I grew up with someone that is played them in the majors. He played in his family is baseball, and he now has a hitting instructing school. So maybe I can try and get him on and have a conversation about that uh, at some he, point as yeah, well. Yeah, he'd probably be able to give us some insight and maybe into what. You know, Jeff Albert's trying to preach lately in this new modern era of exit velocity and everything else. Perfect. I just thought of that. I don't know why I haven't. I see his posts out all the it. time. So then I'll try and get him on and have that conversation of what a hitting coach and what can they we do. We could do a whole podcast on the hitting coach. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. And, and, and Zade, you know, whenever we talk to Zade, whenever that is, we'll have that conversation as well at, at that point and see what, what he thinks. I mean, I don't want to get him in trouble with Jeff Albert, but my what can Jeff Albert do with his organization, I mean, odds are he's going to have some praise for him. Because again, whatever he's preached philosophy-wise is pretty clearly worked for a lot of guys in the minors. Right, it does. But when they and get look cold, at Mason win this year, oh, absolutely, he's he's excelled. I mean, I think you're right that guys have gone up. The trajectory has changed for these guys that you didn't know what they were. Or Juan Yepes was not hitting with the Braves before we got him. Right, and we got him through the 
Matt Adams. Trade. Matt Adams trade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people forget about. I, I was thinking afterthought trade. Yeah, it was Matt Adams, and we got Yepes and someone else. I can't remember who the other guy was. It, it was notable, I do believe. I think it was. Um, shoot, I just saw it the other day. I think it was good. I think we got two good two guys, two good returns on it, be, and and it was meant nothing. And like Matt Adams, I mean, who's not playing anymore? I don't right. think at all. No. Right. Which I'm a big Matt Adams fan. Well, always was big city. But all right. We are way over time. We talked about that. But Nolan Gorman will start at second base on 520 tomorrow. 520 going to be worth watching this weekend. It is appointment television. I'm excited. I have I haven't been this excited to watch uh you know a rookie in a long Since yeah, for me. a long I mean, long time. Yeah, 6 7 years. And so let's have excitement but also know it may not go great. Or it could be one of those first swing, one of those first at bat memorable moments. I think he's going yard tomorrow, man. Oh, I'm just going to call oh, it. Danny Mac better have. Danny not. Mac, he has got to have that oh, call don't, queued up. Don't, I know he doesn't pre premeditate the calls, but I give cannot him the pressure, wait. Giving them pressure, I'll wait. Oh, he's going <laughs> to get a home run his first at bat. I'm going hoping, into the, what is it, the Allegheny, the yeah, river back there? There's the three of them, but I don't. And, there's water back behind right field, right? Deep. It's, it's, tough to get to he's splashing that you know, I'm calling know. It. that's a good question i don't know if that which river that one is because you know three river stadium stadium is was there right and i can tell you all three of the rivers can you do you know all three of them no i don't i just feel like i've heard them say into so, the allegheny so you get the ohio which they all come they convert into the monongahela and the allegheny that's some random trivia for yeah there you, there you know go them. so that's the three rivers remember three river stadium was there before uh pnc so those are the three. It is the Allegheny. Okay, so he, yes, it's over the Roberto Clemente Bridge. So you got the Allegheny, and the bridge is under construction, so it's not as pretty of a view right, right. now. So you have the Allegheny, and then you have the. We can make a road trip to Pittsburgh. I've been go to a game. I oh. haven't. That's the only oh. Central Park I still haven't been. Oh, to. Oh, it's it's spectacular. Yeah, um, but you have to wait until the construction's over on the right. on the Clemente Bridge. You can't even walk across it right now. But yeah, the Allegheny, and then you have the Monongahela that come together, and it creates the Ohio River that comes through. Well, I'm calling that. Gorman's, Gorman's hitting water tomorrow. It is a four four and forty plus, whatever that is. It's probably four forty. I would, I would, I would assume Goldie hit one oppo into the water. I he? think his first season with us. Wow, you go back and look that I one up. That's, that's a, very impressive. I bet that's a four forty shot. I mean, I really do. I bet that's probably the right number because you know uh, when the All Star game. We're way off topic again, but <laughs> when the All Star game was in St. Louis, you're uh, still with us at this point. Yeah, God yeah. bless you. I this, when the All Star game was in St. Louis in '09 to get out of the ballpark they said was 450 so over the bullpen and left Jeez. over the bullpen and onto the onto clark street right. would be about 450 and i was like today i was at the home run derby on today is the day that someone's finally going to hit it out of bush stadium nelson cruz hit it like fourth deck above big mac land he hit it that's the longest ball i've ever seen but it, it doesn't pitch it the 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 tracks didn't say it was that far but right. it was the furthest home run i've ever seen in, in new bush it was like above the big mac land deck but if it was over 20 feet it's on the clark street wow so there's so there's it's hitting somebody at ballpark village right well that wasn't there then right but yeah no yeah but so that's so that's the type of shot i think that you would have to have down the line is easier obviously yeah. than to the a more of a power spot but well, and it's high too you know the high yeah. wall the high stands and then it comes down though down you to go the, back and look up that Goldschmidt home run. I'm pretty sure it was his first season with us. He hit an oppo into, into the, water, the water, which is very impressive for right now. I don't think Albert ever did that. 
All right, can we bet this? Is there? Can we go to DraftKings and bet? Let's look at Gorman, or something. Gorman hits a home run into Put the Allegheny into that. plus seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> that Gorman hits one into the Allegheny. Book it. All right, that's it for that. So, it. <laughs> that's it for that's a winner podcast. Over an hour and fifteen minutes when we said we were going to go thirty to the forty-five. But hey, and that's it for that's a winner podcast. As always, I'm Ryan Jenkins. That's Josh Brown. Give us a follow and share to your friends, and let's keep on talking baseball. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening and watching. From the belt to the plate, a swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Smith corks one in the right down the line! It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2, to two, and a home run by the Wizard! Swinging it along one in the left field. Adios, goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. A three-run homer by Clark, and the Cardinals lead by the score of seven to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team! What a ride! The Cardinals are world champs in 2011.